We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Left, you're not going to believe this. This is hilarious. This is like the biggest gaffe in like history of Lucky Lefty Podcast, bro. You realize we just did that open dry. We didn't even go. We didn't even go live. That's crazy. We did the countdown and everything, and never went live. Lucky Lefty man, welcome in. <laughs> Left just did one of the most heartfelt opens and tributes to somebody, and this dude right here. Just played the goof. It never went live. Looking crazy. Man, looking crazy, love. This is crazy. I'm looking at the chat. People are like, man, we late. I'm like, we ain't here talking. Right now. So the countdown don't put it on live automatically. See? No, no, I still have to hit the button. <laughs> I never hit the button. This is like the worst of the worst. This is the worst of the worst, man. Lucky Lucky Podcast is Wednesday. And we said it was crazy. It just felt like a crazy day. It's hump day. Sean Davis, the Nora boys are in the building as the two mics. Overtime Malik, Malik Zaire, eight. Yeah. Lucky Lefty himself. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. That premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We knew it was a crazy day. You know why I left? Because this is what we had the opportunity to wake up to. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time. So when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I uh, won't be long-winded. Like you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. So, you guys missed it, but left was talking about. <laughs> yeah, man, you can tell a guy is going through it. A guy is going through it. The season didn't go how you wanted to, and losing makes everything worse. And when you're losing, you're not having the season you going you want, and then every football player is selfish. Where you put your heart and soul and passion into the game. 100% effort, but every single one of us that does that loves when the season is over to come back to something being at home. And I believe that this all season and during the season when Tom was going through a divorce, not having his girl at the crib, really impacted this man. And you can tell he's walking on the beach, he got the five o'clock shadow. This guy is a mess. He's a mess. So he probably realized with football and the fanfare of football calmed down. He really, really enjoyed his, his wife and his family situation. <laughs> Which is crazy because I feel like I had a little bit more. But man, you know, also, oh, dude, you man, oh, literally, your intro was immaculate, bro. <laughs> and we, <laughs> your intro was immaculate, bro. I look, man. This is always, you know, a first. It's a time for a first. This is the first time ever, right? <laughs> it's first time ever, man. I like we were talking, we were conversing about something before. Yeah, and we literally, man, LL Nation. We literally did four or five minutes of show. <laughs> that wasn't right. And now y'all talking bad about us that we not on time. We was on time today. <laughs> Man. <laughs> but I know he feels I know he feels like uh Tom probably feels terrible though. You know, because we were saying that if he played in the Super Bowl, he wouldn't be retiring right now. He would be I think the divorce took 
two, three mm. years off his off his career. Because mm. you were saying something about coming home to that em- leaving the game and coming home to an empty house. Yeah, it's hard enough to transition from sports to finding something else that you like. Yeah. That's even in relationships. When you're so involved in having a relationship with the, the craft, mm-hmm. there has to be a balance where you're just as involved in a relationship outside of the craft. And that, that was a huge piece for Tom that he probably didn't realize in the midst of being the greatest of all time. Or I call it the boat. Best of all time. I don't like boats. I tried to see the goat one time and it didn't go great. So I'm calling people the boat. LeBron's the boat. Best of all time. But anyway, after that season in Tampa, he went home and had nothing but them dogs in the crib. No food in the refrigerator. You know, because Tom still, without his wife, is living like Tom at Michigan. Bed sheets changed every two months, three months, four months, potentially. Don't got nobody to go catch the new avatar with. All off-season stuff. And he probably looked at it like, man, this sucks. <laughs> so I think that's what really took them that extra two, three years. Not a hit. Took two, mm-hmm. three years off his career. Yeah. A hit yeah. to his relationship. Yeah. Took two, three years off his career. I mean, the that's man was choked up. And I really don't think it was about football. Anytime you rush to get something out that you feel really bad for, you you don't want to talk long-winded. That's why he got straight to it. He said, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Now, I love all my family. He didn't say he love his wife. He can't. That's when he started getting choked up. That long walk on the beach by yourself ain't easy. You know? So, that's going to be an interesting thing for Tom Brady. What is somebody that's put his whole life into something do after he can't he doesn't want to do it anymore and that's a question we all have to answer as football players from a relationship standpoint a business standpoint a family situation but when it's over it's over that's the one thing that we all sign up for the end date and I think Tom specifically no different than any other football player has uh, going to have a tough time transitioning. And when you don't have support, whether it be an internship or you was building up outside of football or you got a big family that supports you through thick and thin, it just makes everything worse. Because there's nothing in life quite like football and what it gives you on a day-to-day. Football's most intense, passionate game that you can play and, to, and and what it requires to put so much in and get so much out is not an easy thing to do. And when you do that for 23 years and then you turn around and have nothing to fall back on, that's devastating. That's, that's real sacrifice that's not talked about. Now, obviously his ass is greedy. <laughs> Seven, what you got to prove? You know, you beat the game. Like, you know how you beat the video game? You done beat all the levels, got all the secret stash stuff, then know all the maps, got all the guns, whatever you need on the game. And he pressed restart. The game over. 
and that's just with anything. When you have so much success in life, it's hard to just walk away from it. It's hard. And Tom realized, he said, man, I'm not about to go to no whole new team, whole new place. I, I don't have nobody moving with me. He's going through it. So I don't blame him. It's been a great career, 23 years. But this ended because of everything but football. And I think that's important to, to remember for all athletes, even the greatest or the even the best of all time. Still got problems with at the crib. <laughs> I think I speak for everyone when you know you watch that video and you feel like this is the mood that he's in. Oh man. That's Tom Brady, boy. That's Tom Brady. He woke up this morning like, boy, let me tell you something. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he, said, he said, you ain't even got to tell me this time. I quit on my own. I quit on my own. We ain't got to have no conversation. I didn't boy, even give no long speech. He woke up feeling like Usher for real, boy. What? <laughs> that man is letting it burn. Bad. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's the crazy. If he, but that's what it is. He put everything on winning. Because if he won, he wouldn't be doing that. Not at all. That's why I'm like, this is not about football. This is about losing this girl, and that shit hurting now. Because <laughs> he, because usually doing now, he getting ready for a game. You know, he 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 oh. right now. He getting ready to count <laughs> tickets. Who all coming to the game? Who I need to know head count. Get the box suite. Right. He can't do that this year. Right. Right. He like, hey, the family ain't messing with me. You know, they was depending on this Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm going home. I don't even know how to feed the dog. Baby girl ain't at the crib. I, what am I doing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for, for our podcast listeners, we threw up a gif. Of the video, let it burn. Where Usher slides across the floor to his girl to apologize <laughs> to get her back, man. <laughs> I mean, he's hurt. Like, wouldn't you be hurt, dude? Because everybody's like, "I told you, should have quit, man. I told you." <laughs> he, dude, he leveraged just a little bit too much. Just a little, yeah. You was good. Twenty-two years, you was good. Because he was like, "Man, she ain't gonna leave. She ain't gonna leave. She ain't leaving." <laughs> She'll never leave. He came home from practice one day and Giselle was like, Yeah. And he started losing. Oh, hell no. And it's crazy because I think he was going to play till for 25 years. I think he had two more years in. Oh, man. But when your support system fall, even the best of all time is like, I got to rack it oh, up. man. So I blame hey. Giselle for this. Hey. Look. <laughs> Matt, Matt, thank you for tapping in. I'll take it today. I'll take it today. I couldn't wait to drop. Did you that. know he over there right now, wait. begging and pleading? He begging and pleading right now. That's why I had to get all this out the way. He said, "I don't have time to write no letters." Oh. I, I blew the opportunity. I'm letting y'all know now. I'm on my way to my girl crib across the street because she moved across the street. I'm about to be begging oh. and pleading all day, so I had to get it out early. Retiring this morning, I'm be crying and begging for her all night. <laughs>
Tom Brady. He ain't no di- even the best of all time is just like you and me. Oh, <laughs> even the best of all time is just like you and I. <laughs> Man, dude, you remember that episode of the Cosby Show where Keisha Knight Pullman was singing uh the jazz song they did it for uh the mom's birthday. Rudy came down the stairs. That's the cat right now. Please. Yeah. And you know, she gonna make it worse. She gonna talk about I told you. You ain't listen to me. Now I look at you. She gonna make it worse before it get better. That's how they do it. Oh, man. That's how they do it. They're gonna make us they're gonna make us hurt. But it's Tom Brady. She gonna get back with Tom Brady, right? Dude, let's it's get to look. We that was we we were actually dude. This this is this this show is just off the rails from the beginning. <laughs> we did five minutes without being live, and we go live, and we try to recreate the intro and the immaculate tribute that Malik paid to Tom Brady. You did a good job, but it, it was nowhere near. It was nowhere near what you did. Yes, but I feel like I'm really nailed on that one. Right. And now, you know, you know, I'm sorry. I had this <laughs> jiffy waiting all morning. I couldn't wait to drop it. It's us and Jiff. And um the purpose of playing him first was to bring up the topic. What do you expect Notre Dame to miss? And mm-hmm. that's what we're gonna talk about today, right? What were the things that Notre Dame missed from the 2021 team in 2022. What are the things that Notre Dame might miss in 2023 from the 2022 team? Now, I might some people might say we're not going to miss anything from this nine and four season. It, it should be interesting, you know. We have two I players already. I think, I think I think some guys will miss like. The feeling of, oh, we're right there. Because now there's no more excuses. I used to like the feeling of, okay, we might mess around and, and do it. Mm, mm. We might mess around and, and win a couple games and put us in some spots. Mm. But now, it's expectations only. Mm. I'm not hoping and wishing. I'm going in knowing and feeling we're going to win two of them three big games. If not all three. So I, I miss the the feeling of us transitioning from a elite to a championship tier. Because when we in that championship tier, the target's on our back now. Everybody gonna be coming for us. I mean, they already coming for us in recruiting, coaching, administration, scheduling. You know, so I'm gonna miss that. Hmm. That's interesting, Left. I never really thought about it from that standpoint. It's one thing to have expectations or to play carefree. When you're playing carefree, when you're in the transition year, it's, it's like, oh, man, you do anything. But it's a lot more stressful once you cross over that elite to championship tier now where you're a Saban or Alabama and you're like winning at all costs. Mm. Now you're going up to the NIL, be like, look, I better fix it because <laughs> I'm about to jump in and go crazy because that's the expectation. That's yeah. why Nick Saban's at them donor meetings being like, look, I need to give up them bucks. 
Y'all like Will Anderson and, and, and Bryce Young? We're going to need two to keep up. Yeah. Yeah. So Marcus Freeman hasn't gotten to that level yet where he's like, all right, MB, time to start raising some money because we're there. We don't won two out of the last four years. Yeah. We got to keep up. Yeah. He ain't talking like that now. He's talking like, we're almost there. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we putting in the groundwork. The pieces are in place. Now, when he crosses over from the pieces been there, and the pieces got to stand up and hold something up, it should be trophies. And then that's when we start transitioning to being who we should be. But that's from a metaphorical standpoint of what I'm going to What I'm going to miss on the field, I probably am going to miss the impact of the tight end. Mm. I think with Sam Hartman specifically and just moving forward with how recruitment is going, there's not going to be a similar Michael Mayer season from a tight end, at least in the next two or three years. Mm. I think the, the offensive shift is going to happen, and that's going to require receivers to be more involved. You don't recruit four- and five-star receivers so long before they're like, all right, man. <laughs> all right, man. It's, I know y'all love y'all tight end. It's tight end you. But I'm a five-star you over here. You know, I'm trying to make something happen. So I think once we transition into that, that gets us closer to how, you know, you see the dominance in, in, in football when you have a bunch of good receivers. We're looking to be a team with a bunch of good receivers in the run game. Not that tight ends can't get it done. Tight ends can get you wins. And I think we got to get out of the mindset of we're a team that's better than just trying to win a game. Mm-hmm. Like Alabama yeah. is beyond trying to win a game. They trying to <clears throat> crush you. <laughs> we trying to crush teams. So I think when we got out of the mindset of, oh my gosh, we got to do everything we can to win. We got to out scheme out Willie Beamer. Yeah. No, we just like look. You playing Marshall? It's a wrap. We y'all coming to get y'all little check? Y'all take y'all pictures around campus. Come in here, get this whooping, and then go on home. They come in here, take the pictures, go to the bookstore, eat in our cafeteria, and then <laughs> chill in the locker room, run out the tunnel, have fun, throw a party on the field, and then go home and throw another <laughs> one. It's like <laughs> so. I. I think we're transitioning out of that when you start seeing the receivers flash. You start seeing a quarterback throw for over 3,000 yards. Not 3,000 barely, where the comfortable three, three and a half. Mm-hmm. 4,000. Right. We get a 4,000 yard pass right now, and then we probably will win. We'll probably will win a championship. If we get a 4,000-yard receiver at Notre Dame, I'll start a lucky lefty collector. No, I'm talking about passes. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Dude, if someone throws a 4,000 yards (laughs) at Notre Dame, Dame. I'm telling you, (laughs) I will start a collective, an NIL collective. We would be the the we honestly if we had an offense like that, we would be the like the Dallas Cowboys, America's team. Like I feel like right now it's Ohio State or Bama's America's team. Yeah. But if we was high flying and scoring points like Kansas City or something, right. we would literally be America's team. Like people would want to watch Notre Dame 
And it wouldn't be a love-hate. It would be all love. You put an exciting offense at Notre Dame, it's better than better than the Cosby Show. <laughs> Best entertainment on your Saturday night. Because then you get the tradition. You feel, you, feel, you feel football is back. Yeah. When everything is right in the world, Notre Dame football is on top. That's why things are so lopsided now. You don't you don't let recruiting take over, NIL take over. When football is at the right place, at the pinnacle and the height of excitement and, and, and football fandom, Notre Dame's at the top. Notre Dame is at the top. And that's why, and that's why, if you think about it, Notre Dame is so popular. We moved the needle in college football. So don't let us get to a championship tier with a franchise quarterback and a head coach that could be in the movies. Marcus Freeman could be in a little football movie or some Friday Night Lights 2, mm-hmm. Longest Yard 3 or something. We got everything you want at Notre Dame. There's no way. It's no way with a 4,000-yard passer we wouldn't be the most exciting team in college football. You're definitely going to miss, what, 180, 2099, 18, 25? Those are stats put up by Isaiah Foskey and Michael Mayer. Right? You know, as you said, yeah, you missed that. And it's something I point out. And some people kind of have kind of pushed back, you know, like, I don't think I'm nitpicking. Saying that you can circle 25 in sacks and go look at over the last 10 years, last two years, I'm sorry, how the rushing yards per game continues to grow. Now, you can talk about the sacks, but what about these rushing yards? Yeah. Which impacts the game damn near more than passing. You know, um, Jason Adamiola, who had a great showing at the NFL PA, you know, all-star game. Did he live up to expectations? He wouldn't have... Adamiola wasn't a five-star coming in, was he? Four-star. He was, right? No, nah, they both were four-stars. Mm. I think if you're a five-star, you have that expectation from the jump. I think Jason, very good player, got better, but he wasn't an it player like a Fosky could be. I think Fosky could have been an it potential player where it was like, just because he has the freakish size and athletic ability. So because of his size and athletic ability, I knew getting 25 sacks wasn't the amazing thing. It's hard to do. It's not. But look at you. <laughs> it's like bowl, bowl, donkey. It's like, look at you. Of course. Yeah. Okay. So what well, Fox could have been the it player, though, is how we talked about in the beginning of the season. If he had 25 sacks, by USC game or something, or 
in one season. He could have really took over. Yeah. In my mind, that was my expectation of why you came back in the first place. Like with Cam Hart, I'm expecting Cam Hart to look like Darrell Revis next year. Yeah. Because what I you think, coming back for? Well, to stay with that defensive line and some of the leadership that's leaving, I don't think this coaching staff will miss some of the external BS they have to deal with. I I think that's a positive thing moving forward because yeah that was that was a that was a lot of external BS going on you know and a lot of that's not the way we do it or that's not how we used to do it a lot of friction coming from people that was supposed to be leaders on the team. I don't think Marcus Freeman and his coaching staff are going to miss that at all. They might be happy. Like, you know what? Man, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It it was something we talked about yesterday when we did our Back to the Future on the Marshall game. Look, man, you you can show me the roster. And I can tell you, yeah, that's a good roster. Doesn't mean you're a good team. Exactly. Like Texas A and M, <laughs> Texas A and M. If I looked at their roster, I'm like, yo, this is a fabulous roster. But they're a terrible team. And that hurts when you're good and you can't win. You want to have good teams in your program. Teams, not just rosters. Good teams. Of course you want talent. That's part of the equation. That's part of the recipe. But there's a little bit something extra when it comes to creating good teams. Notre Dame has to find a way to do that. Right? And I think I, they have the right pieces in places that requires those type of teams to, to form. Like, for instance, you got the, the fire starter head coach. A lot of championship teams need that. And a lot of teams have a hard time finding that. They they have a hard time finding that, that right coach more so than a quarterback. Because there's been plenty of great quarterbacks with terrible coaches. So Notre Dame has specifically the coaching piece that it takes to win a championship from yeah. a playing for type of guy. Like you think of Marcus Freeman, you think of the players type of coach like a Dabo. Guys want to go there to play for Marcus Freeman. Just like guys would go there to play for Dabo. Yeah. That's a rarity. Just like guys would play for Kirby. Them dudes would run for a wall, through a wall for Kirby, even though they know they better. But they still go out there like they the underdog. Kirby, with the team he has, can convince his team that's overly, way better, more dominant than any team out there, that they're the underdog in a championship game. <laughs> what kind of psychology you got on your players were you the best team in college football by far ain't nobody questioning it and you still convince them in the championship game they're the underdog to the point where they out here said y'all thought we was gonna lose y'all thought we was gonna be seven and five look (laughs) just say you love your coach man just say you love your coach (laughs) Like you said, programs 
we talked about it yesterday. Programs that are coach driven are good programs. Are good programs. Programs that are player driven are the elite programs. I mean, look at Purdue. That coach over at Purdue got Charlie Jones. Charlie Jones in. I mean, like, and that's Purdue. Purdue been in the middle of the road for so long, and now they played in the Big Ten championship last year because of, of a coach. The school didn't change their colors, but their name is still Purdue. And they'll be Purdue next year, too. <laughs> hey, I actually like my boy Walters from Illinois. He <laughs> yeah, you like him? That's my guy. That's my guy. That's my guy. I'm not, I, you know, I wish him well. I wish him well in the Big Ten. I do. I wish him well. Hey, he going to have, look, he don't got even Charlie now. Well, he doesn't have a with a spoon, a top ten pick, possibly an NFL draft to start at defensive back either. So we'll see what he can do. LL question of the day: What player did you or do you miss watching the most from last year? Notre Dame fans, in general. You know, just what player do you miss watching on a Saturday? I'm not going to lie. I really like watching, obviously, obviously, my favorite player, which is smooth, Jalen Smith. I miss watching Rocket, bro. Really? Cats don't understand. Leak, you just don't understand what it was like to turn the TV on every week. Expecting that dude to do like, dude, he's gonna do something crazy. <laughs> this dude's about to do something bananas. In a in a week. in a small perspective, you know who I felt like that about Kyron Williams. Maybe it was because of the the way the team was set up mm. at that time, where it was like we need Kyron to show up, or we gonna get blown out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. I was generally excited week to week to watch Kyron get on the TV because I knew he was gonna have to do something crazy. Because we didn't know about Jack Cohn. And so I genuinely was excited that when it, when his number was called, like the Purdue game, that little slant he had for the touchdown was a big play. Because we didn't have nothing, no other answers at the time, you know. So I was excited. And then the North Carolina run, of course. Speaking of Jack Cohn, they missed Jack Cohn this year, bro. You think so? Just the lead, dude, just the leadership at the position and the experience. Like when you when you go into that first game, it's just beneficial to have somebody with experience, bro. It it just yeah. is. It's just beneficial to have somebody with experience. Am I saying Jack Cohn is a better quarterback or going to be a better quarterback than Tyler Buckner or Sam Hartman at Notre Dame? That's not what I'm saying. But that's the but, that's but that the leadership same. at that position to go into a game with an inexperienced quarterback and then to put that much weight on him the way Tommy Reese did, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. You know something else? As much as people as much as people wanted to kind of poo poo what Kevin Austin meant, he was the dude. At least you walked into every game knowing he's the number one receiver. Yes. Notre Dame didn't have that last year. 
They were missing that last year. As much as you felt oh, like because you, you said Kevin Austin, right? Kevin Austin was our number one. Kevin, yeah, ball. Kevin Austin. As much as you felt like he was underwhelming in his Notre Dame career, he was our number one. He was your number one. <laughs> our number one. And you cannot go into a season without knowing who your yeah. number one is. They missed that. Yeah, they missed that. I don't think they're gonna miss that this year. Oh no, we 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 gonna have somebody show up in that receiver. I. I I fully expect there to be a, a couple of number ones. Because you got a guy like Deion Cozy that's good, too. And we and I keep forgetting, you know, because I'm talking about Jaden Thomas and all the young guys. Mm-hmm. Deion Cozy was pretty good, too. Yeah. Him, Styles, and Jaden Thomas are very good receiver core. Yeah. Now, Jaden might be the one in the other three because I think he's a little bigger. And a little fat, not maybe not fashion style, yeah, but a little bigger. Those three are viable receivers. Facts. And Styles is 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 Tyler's boy. I'm just saying, but I know them young guys gonna be right, and the number one receiver is down the pipe. We 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 usually used to have one. Michael Floyd, Will Fuller, T.J. Jones, Tyler Eifert. We damn near play him with. Whoever he wanted to play. <laughs> We've usually been a team that had a we had a bunch of talent, but we used yeah. one running back all season and one receiver all season. Now we reduce it to one running back all season. Yeah. But we've done a little better, had running back by committee. A little bit better. Cause we used to just be like roll them out one at a time. Josh, run him to the ground. CJ, run him to the ground. When we had CJ, Josh, and Dex at the, on the roster at the same time. Like, we could get a thousand yard rushing, but we could do it in multiple ways, you know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com I really think, because we see, man, thank you for everybody that's tapping in with the answers. Doma Wop says Aaron Taylor. 
Thank you, Ant underscore BR. Dex also said Manti, Marcel, Kevin Stefferson, Connor Nepper, Greg Bryant. Yeah, that's my dog. I mean, he always would be number one. Look, I'm trying to tell you. Left, you just don't understand. I remember because as a kid, I'm I'm really chill now when it comes to like Notre Dame and like games and stuff, the aftermath. When I was younger, I was highly volatile when it came to my <laughs> I was highly volatile. And I remember watching that Orange Bowl in 91. And I'm I'm sitting next to my cousin, and my cousin's like, they're not gonna kick it to him. They're not gonna kick it to him. And I'm sitting up there like, man, shut up. He's like, man, they're gonna kick it out of bounds. And that cat Tom Ruin kicked the ball, and it was in the middle of the field. Dude, you talking about I stood, I man, y'all had my onesie on. I stood up. He broke that first tackle, bounced it to the outside. I went bananas, bro. I went bananas. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe it just happened. And then I saw that yellow flag, and I'm like, you got to be kidding. It burned. Just ruined my whole night. There's a flag on the play. And I was like, oh, my God. But that was every week. Yeah. With Rocket, bro. You like every punt, every kickoff. Something was going like, to go down. Because he did everything. He did punts. He did kickoffs. He was a wide receiver. They put him in the backfield. He was a running back. Like, literally, the dude was part of literally 80% of the offense. Yeah. And spe- he was just always was a, focus. a problem. Yes. Yeah. It would be nice to see us have a focus like that. I mean, we did have folks like that. Michael Mayer, what am I talking about? Man. You said Michael Mayer? Michael Mayer was that impact. Jason Hewlett, that's Lee Beckton. 93 Lee Beckton was Lee Beckton was special. 93. He was nice. I see. I never oh, caught no tape of Lee. I yo. see him all the time, though. Bro, you see Lee all the time? Yeah, I see Lee Beckton all the time. He be at all the events. Dude, tell Lee we got to get him on the podcast. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Lee was one of the shiftiest. Hips would go one way, feet would be going the other way. How did he do that, runners, in the history of college football? Like, Lee was nasty. Yeah. Lee was, Lee Beckham was nasty. Lee, yeah, he, he, yeah. Lee was nasty. Ricky Waters was nasty, too. See, I always confuse Ricky Waters with uh, uh, how they talk about Ricky Williams. See, Rick Rick started out at punt return flanker. Mm. Then they moved on to running back. No, he was a punt return flanker as a freshman. (laughs) Then they moved on to running back. He they did to him, and that's why they were so crazy. Yeah, like literally, dude. They look. They beat, I think, Tennessee in 91. I think 91, Tennessee. Uh, when they go down there, it's Pickens, Kelly. Um, what do you think? What do you think Harper, that whole crew. Look, dude, when you have two dudes on offense that literally were interchangeable. Now, this is what I mean. Lou Holtz would split 
rock it out in the first half and run Ricky Waters. Like, I remember the game on the road in Knoxville, Ricky Waters basically <laughs> took over the game. Took over the game. Wore them down, dude. <laughs> and then this dude split Ricky out like the last series and put Rocket in the backfield. And their linebackers had been so were so slow from the interior run game with Ricky Waters all day. Rocket just beat them to the corner and took it like 40 yards. It was just oh, like, man. dude. Well, wait, just, like the thunder lightning was so crazy. He could just, and they never they stayed on the field with each other. That's the crazy thing. They just take a turn, right? Katie right. Kyrie. So if Rocket is split out, your safety's not coming down in the box. Somebody has to double him. Oh, they're gonna throw it to him. There you go. So now Ricky's running against a seven seven man box all game. See, that could be hard against the man Tobias Mayweather. Absolutely. Or they got they can do it. Or he wears the same number. They could use Chris Tyree in a similar way. It, but Chris Tyree's not a rocket. No, he's not a rocket. I, no. I agree with that. He's not. A, <laughs> <laughs> that's not. That's not yeah. what I was saying. I just said he wears the same yeah, number. Yeah. By no means was I saying that he was a rocket. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Have we had an athlete like that since him? Um, since Rocket? That's a good like, question, L. L. Just like a. Has there man speaking of missing missing you at Notre Dame? Have we had an athlete like Rocket Ismail since Rocket? That's crazy. Not that I I mean, not that I remember. Golden Tate, maybe? Golden Tate might be the closest. Gold wasn't fast like Rocket though. No, but he did everything. Kickoff, punt, receiver. They put him in the backfield, ran reverses with him. Golden might be the closest. But he even wasn't rocketish. <laughs> he was no. good like it. Will Will was rocketish. Yeah, but we didn't feature Will like we didn't feel like how they would have featured like Will that. back then. Right. Right. <laughs> Will back then would have right. been crazy. <laughs> right. 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 So Will was almost underutilized. Oh, he was. Because we, we were such a good running team as well. And we went to Will by like, all right, back up off of us. You know, when you got that, when you a boxer, you got that jab, it's like, get off of us, get off of us. Right. Will was our jab. But we was haymaker with the running game. Man, we might as well ring the alarm on that one. We got to change that. I mean, Brandon Hilton, he looked, he looked pretty impactful. What are you talking about? It, man. Yeah, we talk about Rock Fish. You're talking about, <laughs> man. You're talking about Hall of Fame. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and maybe it's good that you ain't had too many Rockets. Dude, because you know, I don't know. appreciate the closest thing to Rocket was probably Reggie. Reggie was just used more in the running game. Reggie Bush? No, oh. Bush. I'm talking oh. about the college football. Reggie period. Bush was the most iconic 
Well, okay, I would say not Reggie, but more Tavon Austin in in in, in college. Huh, Him and Geno Smith. Nah, dude. Tavon Austin was nowhere near Rocket. Tavon Austin. We're talking about big moments. We're talking about big stage, big moments. Oh, well, you know, West Virginia ain't playing no big game. That's my point. That's why I said Reggie was that big stage. Reggie laid it in his own category. Reggie's a whole (laughs) other category. Whole other category. Like, literally, every big game, that cat Rocket did something crazy. Every game. Every game. (laughs) Every big game, that dude did something crazy. Every game. Like, the kickoff return. The last home game they had against Miami back in the 90s. Kickoff, take it back. He's just, every game he did something. And that's the type of vibe I'm hoping this 23 recruiting class offensively can give. Like whether it's Jeremiah Love, whether it's one of the three wide receivers, I'm hoping one of these difference makers that we feel like have come in to Notre Dame can give us that excitement. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for it. We thought we got that vibe from Jadarian Price. We did. Oh, 100%. For the injury. I, remember I still got the feeling about it. <laughs> I remember sitting at the table with you, Eric Hansen, a couple other guys at the hotel, and – Talking about Jadarian Price, bro. Because he can literally do it all. He can be a power back. He can be an outside tackle back. And you like he has the body type to catch out the backfield as well. And he and he looked like he could do some great shifting. But then because he's so big, he can run you over too. Facts. Like yeah. I think he's a more in shape, probably athletic Kyron. Kyle was just that heavy set kid in gym class that was super good at sports. But you would you wouldn't be like, oh man, he he, he can't guard me, but he could really be the best athlete in the, in the Kyron ran game. like he was used to playing with small kids. Yeah. <laughs> Look at his running style. He Yeah, he, he, he ran like he was used to playing with smaller kids. Yeah. That's funny you say that. That's funny you say that, love. So <laughs> <laughs> Vegetarian, I just feel like he like that spring game showed me that he could he could really if we were if we were all about Jadarian Price and we was like we don't have no other talent other than Jadarian mm-hmm. Price, I think he individually could take us very far. If it was like man, we just passing to give him the ball, or we're just setting up different stuff to give him the football, I think we would be really dynamic on offense. Yeah, not that Audric can't. You know, I think Audric's a very good role player. Like, you need Audric in moments in the game, four yeah. minutes, going in the red zone, tough short yardage packages. But you're not thinking open field, man. We gotta get the ball to Audric. Not that he can't do it, but I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. 